Welcome to another episode of Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy. And Val is not with us again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she is. She's traveling again this week, which uh, we, we tried to prepare you guys for last week on the episode to let you know that there's going to be a couple of weeks and, uh, you know, that's all right. I hope she's yep, having she's a good time. Uh, she, she says she's having a great time and well-deserved. She, uh, she is with her daughter, Sammy, and her ex-boyfriend, Dave, and... Yes. Uh, they're, they're having a good time out in California, so good for them. For those of you that are alarmed when we say ex-boyfriend, that, that how she refers to her fiancé now because he's not her boyfriend anymore. <laughs> it throws me off every time. I'm like, wait, what? Oh, no, no, she's engaged. Broke That's, up yeah. she's, still, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's still hanging out with them? What? They're still going on vacation? What? <laughs> so we, we miss her for this one, but I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Um, we're, we're talking about... Two movies that I probably, you know, even having kids probably wouldn't have planned on seeing except for mm-hmm. they kind of made the news recently and we thought, oh, we'll talk about them. And uh, and I'm kind of glad we did. <laughs> I'm right there with you, man. Um, I, I don't have any kids. So unless I have some kind of predetermined pull to go see a family film, if you will, um, it's not one that I would have necessarily checked out. I, I remember it got really good reviews. I heard it was really cute, but like a Disney Pixar film, I'll go check out every time. Right. Well, Paddington and Paddington two was not one that I was like really inclined to go see. I knew the story from when I was a kid, but it wasn't like a, a Winnie the Pooh to me, which was much more emotionally tied. So I was pleasantly surprised with both of these films. It's it's quite delightful. Yeah, I I was too. So I had heard really good things about them, but it just wasn't on my radar. And I'm with you, Tracy. Typically, if it's a Disney or a Pixar movie, mm-hmm. then I'm like, oh yeah, kids, let's go see it. If it's not uh, a Disney or Pixar movie, um, then it's kind of like, well, we'll just kind of wait and see. And, you know, if it comes out on a streaming service, we'll watch it or the kids might get into it or whatever. But it's not something that I'm going to line up to go see. Um, like Troll. Yeah, for example. <laughs> <laughs> or or pay $30 to watch at home once. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my kids got into Trolls and we watched it. And when Trolls 2 finally did come out on streaming, they watched it. But... Like they're fine. It's just not something that I'm going to sit down and watch. And and the problem is a right. lot of kids right. movies, a lot of kids movies really draw in the kids audience, but it doesn't really have a whole lot for adults. And I feel like uh-huh. a lot of the Disney and Pixar movies do a good job of engaging the whole audience. And I think that's something that generally speaking, Disney does really well. And that's drawing the full family mm-hmm. audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking with my wife about that the other day because we had just gone to uh, the local amusement park here, Lagoon, and it is so different than Disneyland Uh because Disneyland, I feel like there are a lot of rides that are family-friendly that your whole family can go on. And at Lagoon, I Mm -hmm. feel like there's a lot fewer of those rides. It's either the Extreme Thrill ride Uh or it's a little kiddie ride, and there's not a lot of the rides in between. Um, But Disney does... I totally, totally... Yeah, and I, I feel like they do the same thing with movies. They do a good job of engaging everybody. Um, but mm-hmm. these movies do too. Like Paddington, I was really surprised as I started watching it. And the concept for the movie, for for the story of Paddington in general, is just bizarre and, and whatever. <laughs> and I feel like the director that they got for this did a really good job of creating this world and kind of a, he kind of had a quirky aesthetic to it, a little bit weird feel to it. You can't quite place what century the movie is taking place in totally. And I like that because it, it takes you in this world of fantasy in a, in a pretty good way. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of like the stories of Roald Dahl. Yes. Um, Chocolate Factory, which is interesting because Paul King Now, I didn't know this. I didn't know his name. I didn't know who he was. Um, He was announced recently as being the director for the movie Wonka, 
mm. which is in uh, pre-production right now with Timothy Chalamet, which is kind of an origin story, if you will, of Willy Wonka. And when I heard that, I'm like, oh, come on, another Wonka movie. We've, we've seen it. We've done it. But after seeing Paddington and Paddington 2, I'm like, you know what? I'm interested to see what this guy would do with that. Yeah. Because it does have this very quirky British sensibility to it. It was very British to me, but I loved it. Yeah. Um, I, but go ahead. Oh, no. What were you going to say? I was just going to say it, it did establish its own reality where a, a bear could flood a bathroom and ride down the stairs in a bathtub and it works. Yeah. And I think that in, in another director's hands and some, somebody else trying to tell this story with the same script, I don't know that it, it, it was a gamble really. A lot of this stuff yeah. really could have come off as very over the top, but the way that it's played out and the way that it's told the bathroom scene's a great example. I'm sitting there watching it. Um, and it, you know, here he is in the bathroom. He has no idea what he's doing in a bathroom. First of all, the toothbrush thing made me cringe. Like sticking those in his ear. And then like, it was even worse with the next day. When, when he pops out, when he pulls yes. it out, they're like lollipops. Oh, gross. <laughs> and then he goes and he like licks it to see, and it's like gross. But then the next day when Mr. Brown goes and brushes his teeth and he, looks at the toothpaste like there's something wrong with it, but it's because it had been in a... That, that well, made me cringe. Didn't he clean his nostrils with the toothbrushes too, if I remember right? Yes, I think he cleaned... Well, yeah, I can't remember if he does that with the manual ones or if it's in Paddington 2 where he does it with like, the automatic and then he does he it in the nose. Right. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, getting, yeah. I'm getting used to life out here. And he obviously <laughs> wasn't, yeah. But... But the toothbrush part was gross. But then the rest of the scene, you know, as everything is falling apart and he's pulling the toilet off the wall and then the bathroom's just filling up with water. There's so much of it that you're like, this is so over the top. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. really shouldn't work. But the way that it's done, it it does. And right. you're not taken out of this world. I mean, I, yeah, I think they do a great job of establishing that because you come in and you're supposed to feel like it's real, but at the same time, I know that a bathroom door is not watertight. The water's not going to be <laughs> held back by it's going to be flooding out the bottom. I know right. that. It's not just going to fill up to the ceiling like it does. And and a bathtub like that, I'm not so sure that that it would the, probably the cast iron porcelain. Yes. It's going to float that easily. I don't know. It's but in the movie and in the moment, it, it really works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, and that's when I thought, yeah, I'm going to enjoy these movies because that's pretty early on in the first movie. It is. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and I thought, yeah, this is going to work. As weird and bizarre as this is, it's, it's going to work out okay. Well, I think it helps because the director kind of establishes this kind of weird world where at the very beginning we have this explorer who's gone to the deepest, darkest jungles of Peru. Yes. Like, Okay. Um, he goes to Peru and he is um, an explorer and there's a bear there. And instead of the bear attacking him, the bear like moves a scorpion off of his lapel. Yes. And then they start having a, a broken English conversation and it's like established really early what this is going to be like, which I think helps. Yeah. And, um, and, and the explorer is, is portrayed in this very like, very nostalgic over the uh-huh. top like 1920s uh-huh. um way that like the, the explorer from up or yes yes Indiana Jones type of thing uh-huh yes which just works to kind of establish this world yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he ends up finding marmalade loving bears that can learn to talk well and i love too that these are a separate species of bears not all bears can talk right Special bears can talk, which I thought was great too. Right, this very that endangered. That kind of, yeah, it adds to kind of that whimsical feel. Yes, and I love the names that he gives them. So you've got Aunt Lucy, and then Uncle. Like I can't ever Pastuzio <laughs> or something like that, named after named some after boxer. Favorite boxer. Yes. <laughs> and that was the weird thing, right? Because this. This explorer is there, and you feel like it's got to be like 1920s, 1930s. And that's where I feel like this film really is kind of timeless in the way that it feels, because it feels like that's got to be the 1920s and 1930s. 
but then they come when they come to London, it's got to only be 20, maybe 30 years later, if that much. And uh-huh. it doesn't feel like the sixties. It feels like now. So it, it just kind of blends all of the time together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the other thing that I think helps too, and tell me what you think about this is I didn't recognize any of the voice actors. Like oh, yeah. anybody do Addington, aunt Lucy, um, I, I don't mind celebrity voices as long as I can accept that celebrity for being the voice of the character. If I'm hearing the voice of the actor and I'm thinking about the actor instead of the character, that really drives me out of the movie. Because a lot of times on, uh, I'm going to pick on them a little bit, but like Sony animation pictures mm-hmm. or Lightstorm, um, you, you know, they'll, uh, they'll just try, or Blue Sky, I, I should say. Um, they'll just kind of cast people and put their names up on the screen and you're supposed to go see it because of this celebrity voice instead of the story. Yeah. And yeah, you definitely see that like into the spider verse, for example, you know, having Nick Uh cage in there and John Mulaney and things like that where you're like, Oh, I'm going to go see it because you know, Nick cage is playing a Spider-Man character. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. But, Uh, but it didn't, it didn't take me out of the movie though. I wasn't thinking that's Nick cage. I was like, that's Spider-Man noir. Yes. You yeah, know? in that case it works, but sometimes it doesn't. Right. The, the sometimes you get like the what was that bad fish movie with Will Smith and Robert De Niro and Oh my gosh. What was it? Shark Tail or something. It, yeah, uh, Shark Tail or Fish Tail, some kind of tail. It like was something that. And yeah. It was, just, it was I just from the previews, I'm like, I have no real desire to see this. I I'll give you another example. Um I've heard it's cute, but um Peter Rabbit. The, the James Corden. I just think yes. of James Corden. I don't think of Peter. See, and I, I don't feel like it's as bad in Peter Rabbit as it is in some of the others. Like I, I that's true. That's true. But yeah, I, I get the only one I did the, the voice who, um, for uncle Pastuzo is Michael, uh, Michael Gambon. And that was oh. one that I recognized because he's done some voice work and some other things, or he's appeared in some other things. Like he was in doctor in an episode of doctor who and things like mm-hmm. that. But, but again, I don't think he's well enough known, especially to an American audience that we're going to be like, Oh, right. that's who that is. But, oh, okay. but the voice actor who plays Paddington has been win show or something. He was, he was in Q. Or he's Q ben in the new John film. Yeah. But yeah. I would never have guessed that no. that was Paddington. No. And he just does a great job. And so, yeah, you're just focused on this is the voice of Paddington and you're not distracted by the voice talent. And I agree. I think that that really helped the film along. And I think the performances by the actors, like you mm-hmm. had some really solid acting, um, even though, again, these aren't going to be the big name talent. Um, right. And so it's not distracting from... Um, from their character. The only one that I did feel was a little distracting from their character was Peter Capaldi as Mr. Curry, because I kept thinking of him as the doctor. Like, I feel like whenever he was on screen, he played very similar to how he played as the doctor. And I just felt Uh like this is, you know, doctor who has stepped over into this world to help Paddington get acclimated in London. Like that's, that's the jump that my mind made. I would watch that crossover. Uh, absolutely. It would be great. <laughs> and, and, I, I something about grumpy Peter Capaldi that just always makes me smile though. Yeah. Like, even when he's the cranky doctor, I'm like, okay, I like you. Yeah. You know, if, in, in the hands of a lesser actor, that character could have been really annoying. Right. But, but Capaldi really did a good job, but I could see that. I yeah. can see your point there. Yeah. But, but Hugh, Hugh Bonneville as Mr. Brown, uh, and then uh, the other characters in his family, they just do a great job. And, mm-hmm. and he does such kid a actors were great too. Yes. The yes. kids were really good. They were really good. They didn't overplay it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just did a great job. I loved, I loved when he was writing his aunt Lucy and he was talking about like, each of the members of the family, like when he gets to Lucy or to not Lucy to Judy, I think is the daughter's uh-huh. name. And he's like, you know, she's suffering from a case of embarrassment and like, because <laughs> she's just embarrassed by her family and her parents. And mm-hmm. I thought that is like every teenage girl. I think when they uh-huh. hit that age, I don't want anything to do with you, mom and dad, because you're embarrassing 
Uh, but I, I, yeah, I'm with you. I like the fact that they switched that. And it wasn't she's embarrassed by everything. It's she has a case of the embarrassment. Yes, it was like a disease <laughs> that she had caught. The phase that she was, which it's true. Teenage girls they hit like 13, and it's they're embarrassed by everything their parents do. And dads love it because we just want to embarrass them even more. It's entertaining. <laughs> You're bait, you're chumming the water at that point. Yeah, exactly. Let's see how embarrassed <laughs> I can make them. Um, but I, I thought that was really cute. Uh, and I love, <laughs> I love that the son couldn't play with any toys unless they were old fashioned and, and educational. So he was like using the chemistry set to make explosives and could build anything out of the erector set. Like, it's like, all right. <laughs> That's fine. I'll still find ways to be destructive and crazy. So totally fine. And, and even like Hugh, where Hugh Bonneville was really good is he played a great risk analyst who was super cautious about everything. But then when Mrs. Bird was like, Oh, I remember your father being very different when they were first married. And it shows him like on the motorcycle and he's being all crazy. Like he still played that really well too. And it was just really funny. He just I, I love that scene because it surprised me because they pull up in front of a building and they're all like in 60s hippie clothing and he gets off the motorcycle. He's kind of swaggering. And then she starts to get off the bike and you find out that she's extremely pregnant. Yes. And then here to deliver the child. Yes. The building is the hospital. <laughs> and the last thing she says as they go in is like, let's not let the baby change us. Oh, no, change no us. way. Then the next scene is him driving up in a beige station wagon and his hair is all cut. And he is the risk analyst at this point trying what, to keep everything what happened safe. What the motorcycle? Oh, this is better. This is better. <laughs> Excuse me, excuse me, step away. I've got yeah. a baby. <laughs> it's very beige. Yes, it's a very common color. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, 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 it's, it's very subtle, witty humor yes. in a lot of places. It doesn't have the big, I mean, like you've got the bathtub scene and then you've got like the, in Paddington 2, you've got the prison break, but it's not it, it even those scenes like you said don't feel over the top they don't feel outrageous it's just the high point of that movie yes and i i think that um it just hits all the notes in the way that it should with the humor even mm-hmm. yeah i agree it's just not um it's very british in its humor in that it's very undertone very mm-hmm. dry in places and you almost miss it if you blink, but it's there and it's really funny. And I, I appreciate it. Um, and I love that Paddington, like his whole thing is I'm going to go to London. I'm going to mind my manners. And if I do that, I'm just going to like, people are just going to, everything's going to come out right. right. Mm -hmm. You mind Mm -hmm. your manners and, and you're polite and you're nice and you, you know, people will be fine and you'll be fine. And And they'll just open their home. Yeah. Like, I just feel like we need more characters like this that, you know, he's not there to cause trouble. He's not there to cause mischief. I mean, he does because he doesn't know what's going on and, you know, stuff happens, but it's always right. by accident. I mean, even. Mm-hmm. There's no Ill, Ill will in him at all. There's yeah. not a bad bone in his body. No, he's there to be kind. And, and I think that's great. Any character that can promote kindness and any story that can promote that, like through love and kindness and unity and understanding, we can, overcome stuff and that's really i mean in the end Mm -hmm. it's the family coming together and recognizing the talents that each of them have that really helps them save paddington uh rescue him from the museum lady who was weird and (laughs) nicole kidman yeah that was a weird (laughs) all right that's uh that's interesting but it worked yeah she was she was great um and that was everybody who was in this movie like really bought into their role. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. even Peter Capaldi, he was so great as Mr. Curry. When he calls up, he's like, honeypot, it's fierce Eagle. She was like, who? I told you we should get code names. <laughs> yeah. You're honeypot. Okay. <laughs> or when he calls the, the family house and he's trying to disguise his voice. Yes. Is this Mr. Curry? Uh, <laughs> it's mr curry in a very bad disguised voice or something like that it was just awesome there were just the first one there were so many moments that i just thought yeah this is really good and i can see why they did a sequel 
Um, and what was great too, I was, I was involved. I was into it, but, but Ben came in while I was watching it and he sat down and of course there was a talking bear. So he's like, why is that bear talking? I'm like, well, just watch this movie. And he was like, (laughs) he was into it. And the kids really enjoyed it. And I think this is definitely one of those movies. If you haven't watched it, just because like, like Tracy and I just kind of slipped under your radar because it wasn't a Disney or Mm -hmm. Pixar film. Like go and rent it and watch it. It 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 wasn't available anywhere streaming that I could find. I had to end up renting it on. I had to do a rental. Yeah, I I think it was streaming if you had a TNT subscription. But other than that, it was rental. But it's like three ninety nine. Yeah, I mean three ninety nine for the whole family to watch, and you've got forty eight hours to watch it. Yeah, that's that's totally. And I really think that if you sit down with your kids and you watch this movie, it's it's. A couple hours long, less than two hours long. Yeah, the first one's an hour and a half, and the second one's like an hour forty. Yeah, so it's going to hold their attention for that amount of time. It's mm-hmm. it's four dollars well spent, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I watched it late Friday night and finished it up at like eleven thirty, and I was like, uh, "I'm going to check out part of part two. And I watched about half of part two because I'm like, <laughs> "You know, it's Friday night. What the heck?" But <laughs> that surprised me. Like I did not expect, I thought I'll watch one Friday. I'll watch one Saturday. We'll talk about it on Sunday. Um, But I didn't expect to be like, you know what? I'm intrigued enough that I want to jump right into the sequel. So yeah, I, I was going to watch it Friday night, but I was also recording um, with everything I learned from movies with Steve Kondrick and Izzy. Stephen Izzy, yes. Yes, with Stephen Izzy, and we talked about Jungle to Jungle. I, I'm not entirely sure when the episode drops, but if you're if you got a hankering to hear about Jungle to Jungle night from 1997, like, yep, we talked about it, <laughs> and you can listen to us talk about it. The movie that that in 1997, Siskel Gene Siskel said it was the worst movie of the year, his worst movie of the year. And here's what's important. 1997 was also the year that Batman and Robin came out. Wow. So that's some, that's a, that's a high hurdle to clear right there. Yeah. So if you want to hear all the details about jungle to jungle, I'm checking that episode out. I got that episode. So so that's what I did Friday night. So Saturday morning I watched, I had started Paddington earlier in the day on Friday and then I finished it. Saturday mm-hmm. and and just like you I put Paddington 2 on right after and I had no issues with that yeah I wasn't like checking my watch I wasn't like I've got things to do I'm like I want to watch this movie yeah yeah and it was worth it and and so this brings us to Paddington 2 which is the mm-hmm. reason we taught wanted to talk about Paddington and and you and I had neither neither of us had seen Paddington or Paddington 2 when we had decided to talk about this movie um, and so we couldn't I feel like you're probably similar to me. You can't just watch a sequel. You've got to watch the first one too. Totally. Because mm-hmm. otherwise you have no idea. I mean, okay, yes, you would pick up on what's going on in Paddington 2. I don't think you'd be totally lost, but. <laughs> but there's a few callbacks. There's yes. a few little nice moments. I'll tell you one sequel that you definitely should not watch if you've seen the first, and that's A Quiet Place 2. Because well, they don't really do any recap. They don't do a, here's what happened. It's like, Boom, you were in the story and we're off and running. Yeah. Uh, whereas Paddington 2, it, it was a little easier to watch without watching the first one. But I'm totally with you. I'm like, if I'm going to watch a sequel, I, I, I got to watch, watch the, the first, first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the reason we wanted to talk about Paddington 2, uh, next week or in the coming weeks, we're going to talk about Citizen Kane, which is regarded mm-hmm. by a lot of people as the greatest movie ever made. Tracy's I included in that group. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and rightfully so. I mean, it's it's a classic. Um, I think it's one of those movies that you you have to see it at least once if you're if you consider yourself a film person mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. all. Um, exactly. And so, Citizen Kane has often been regarded as, as the greatest movie of all time. And in fact, on Rotten Tomatoes, it had a hundred percent rating with more reviews than any other movie that had had one hundred percent rating. Um, and then. Someone in this research project that Rotten Tomatoes is doing found a review from like the 1940s or something where somebody really did not like Citizen Kane and just railed against it. 
And I mean, it, if you've read it, you can go and you can find the actual negative review and they just don't like Hollywood movies. I'm not entirely sure why the person who's reviewing these movies was like reviewing movies. I, I have a, I have a guess. My guess, and I got to do research. I don't know for sure, but I wonder if this was a, a person who worked for the Hearst company because William Randolph Hearst was trying to bury the film oh. and was like putting pressure on critics, especially his critics, um, to talk bad about the film. So I'm wondering if that's where that came from, but I'm not sure. Yeah, and and the name that they were reviewing films under was a pseudonym. It, it was like matinee or something. So it's a anyway, you can find it online and you can read it. Um, but when Citizen Kane, when that was uncovered, mm-hmm. it lost their 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so now it's only at like 99%. And there are a group of movies that have a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And the next one up that had the second most reviews was Paddington 2. And so all mm-hmm. of a sudden, Paddington 2 became the best-reviewed movie on Rotten Tomatoes. And right. uh, so was the new best movie ever, according yeah, to Rotten some Tomatoes. Yeah, some of the click site websites were setting up articles. Is Paddington 2 the best movie, greatest movie ever made? It's like, no. It's no. A- really 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 good movie um but it's not in the same stratosphere as something like Kane for a variety of reasons but that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy the heck out of it yeah and that's I think that's important we are not we're not well and we'll talk about this in a second too it, it's no longer mm-hmm. the top reviewed movie on Rotten Tomatoes because they found one from a review from 2018 like when it came out um where the guy just railed against it again who just Basically, he went off about it not being his Paddington. This isn't the Paddington I grew up with. Like it was like the toxic fanboy. You ruined my childhood. Yes, it was. It was exactly like that. Like the toxic fanboy version of a Paddington review. Um, and so now it's at ninety nine percent. And there's another movie that was at Sundance that's now the the highest reviewed movie on Rotten Tomatoes. And so I think you're right, Tracy. That's an important thing. We're not saying that Paddington two is the best movie ever or should be in the same category as a Citizen Kane because when I watched Paddington 2, it was very enjoyable and I liked it and Mm -hmm. I would give it a positive review and we'll get to Mm -hmm. our letter grades. But Citizen Kane, I would consider film or cinema. Right. I don't consider Paddington 2 film or cinema. It's a movie. It's enjoyable and it's fun and it's super well done, but it's not in the same category uh, as as a Citizen Kane or or some of the classics that are out there, like a Casablanca or you know mm-hmm. movies that you just think of classic cinema or even just newer ones that are like that. This is not that at all. Right, right. And you people should know <laughs> that. <laughs> Nobody's saying it I is. Think our audience probably knows that. I yeah, hope, I, I think so too. I, I think so. Yeah, but but Paddington Two. Um, just takes everything that works in Paddington one and just, just tweaks it up just to, just a hair. Um, I am not the biggest Hugh Grant fan. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times he's just kind of this stammering, nervous kind of, you know, English guy. And, and yeah, I, like, I'm not a huge fan, but he was, he, he was chewing up the scenery in this film and I was there for every second of it. Yeah. I, I, I can't stand his nervous, stammering British guy because it's like, come on, Hugh, we all know that you're incredibly good looking and you've got a huge ego. Like, don't pretend like you're not confident. Nobody's buying this. All right. We yeah, all know. Maybe worked for like four weddings and a funeral when you were just starting out. But yeah, I, yeah. I, before this film, my favorite role that Hugh Grant was in was about a boy, mm. which is just one of my favorite movies. I just enjoy that movie quite a bit this is probably my new favorite role from Hugh Grant just because he plays this actor character so well and like even the way because one of the weird quirks that he has is he doesn't work with other people he doesn't like working with other people and so Mm -hmm. he has this room in his attic that he's got all these mannequins that are these old costumes from roles that he's played Hamlet Hamlet Macbeth uh, King Arthur. Yes. And yeah, he, he's even got a nun outfit up there for some reason. Of course, why not? Which is good. <laughs> comes in handy when he decides to dress as a nun at one point in the film. 
Right, right. But but what I love is as he's talking about stuff and he's doing his own exposition, it's really weird because he's by himself, but the way he does it is that he does like these weird voices from the different characters that he's played. And they don't give you any kind of introduction to that. He just starts doing it and you're like, wait a second, mm-hmm. is he talking to himself? Is he like he's doing different voices? Yes. <laughs> is he, like, different right? accents, different voices, yeah. And it just works. He does. I agree, Tracy. He does a really, really good job in this movie, and I really enjoyed it. I was thinking. I was afraid that it w- he would take me out of the movie. Like he's when he started doing some some stuff. I'm like, oh, if he, uh, uh, and then I'm like, you know what? Nope, it's cool. And then I was fine. Yeah, there was just that initial nervousness, and then I was good. Yeah, what, the the first scene with him where where he's really in it, and Paddington's talking to him. <laughs> Because he has the Paddington come up on stage. Because he he realizes he's like Gilderoy Lockhart from from the Harry Potter movies. If you're familiar with those, he's he realizes a publicity stunt when he sees it, and it's like, oh, the bear. Let's have the bear on stage with me. And and when Paddington's like, oh yes, you're a very famous actor. Of course, now you do dog food commercials, and he was like, oh well, a man has to eat. And Paddington's like, but dog food, Mister Baxter. <laughs> like it's just. And then, but then I love later in the movie, they flash back and they show us the actual commercial Yes, and he literally the dog food. <laughs> and I love that they held that back. I'm like, a lesser director would have just delivered that punchline yes. right then. But he works it into the story and it's a natural flow. And there's a reason why we're being shown this commercial and you see him literally eat dog food. And all of a sudden that joke is even funnier. <laughs> Like I, I appreciate the long game, Patty's yeah. the director. Well done. Yeah, it was. It was. I agree. When it popped up, I'm like, "That's that's gold right there." And the way they did it, it was just perfect. And yeah, Hugh Grant is is really really good in this. And again, mm-hmm. like to get a name like Hugh Grant and say, "Look, we want you I, to play a washed up actor who, mm-hmm. like, I mean, really, when you think about his character, it's kind of what a lot of people think about Hugh Grant in general." And I don't know how he wouldn't, but for him to not take it personally and have fun with it, though, is right, right, is what really impressed me in the movie. Well, especially when you've got lines like um, the the older lady that lives with the Brown family—I can't think of her name, Mrs. Bird—which is funny because because he Mrs. couldn't Bird. remember her name either. That was the running joke throughout the movie. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I love that she says something to the effect of "actors are the worst humans on the planet." Or yes. <laughs> all they do is There's lie no for a living yes <laughs> but yeah i mean they're asking him to to dress up like a nun and to to be this kind of broken down uh he he thinks that he's a lot more important and and big than he is he's he's in debt he's just not a good guy and to just take that but yet still have this nobility to this character yes you know i loved yeah and he did he did such a great job and (laughs) like it was nice because he was a really good villain in this and i was worried because i kind of felt like okay well they they had the main villain in the first one she was hunting him down what are you going to do in the second one and i feel like if you try to tell the same story again it's Mm -hmm. not going to work and so mm-hmm. I really applaud them for saying, we're going to take the elements that worked in the first one, but we're going to tell a different story and go on a different adventure uh, that's still going to feel comfortable, but at the same time, it's going to be very different. And, right. and I like right. that. So, and it, well, and it worked well. The, I love the, the scenes where, because the whole movie revolves around Paddington wanting to find something for his Aunt Lucy. Um, and he finds this pop-up book that was made years and years and years ago, decades ago. And it's got all these different scenes of London. And she always wanted to go to London. She never got the chance to go to London. So this way she could visually see London. And um, he he goes and I, I love the scenes later where they would do little pop-up scenes. Yes. But then it's the live action characters moving. Yes. And acting. And then we're back into the real world. It just kind of adds to that whimsy feel that we talked about. Yeah. It was similar. They did it. Um, 
in the first one more than they did in the second one with the the dollhouse thing. And they did a little bit of it in the second one too, where they would have the dollhouse and then they would open it up and you would see the live actors in their different rooms and what they were doing. And and then they add in the pop-up thing in the second one. And I agree. I love that kind of transition. Um, Again, it just adds to the kind of the quirky feel of the world that's Mm -hmm. been created here and it works really well. Um, Again, it kind of reminded me of a role doll. Yes. I was thinking fantastic. Mr. Fox. Yes. Which is another one. I'm not a big Wes Anderson fan. Um, I'm hit or miss with him, but I love that version. Yeah. And this did feel like Wes Anderson was one that I kind of felt like there were elements mm-hmm. and feels from from some Wes Anderson stuff that's out there in these movies, like the coloring, mm-hmm. especially. Um, and and I, I'm with you, Trace. Some of his films I really like a lot. And some of them I'm like, I could take them or leave them, you know, and it's. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are elements from his films that I do like, and they brought a lot of those into this. And so, yeah, yeah, which, which makes me excited that the director is doing the Wonka thing. Maybe it will be good. <laughs> That's what <laughs> I, I, I was just looking up on IMDb after I watched the first one. I'm like, what else has he done? And I'm like, not a lot. There's not a lot that he's he's done. He did something called Bunny in the Bowl in 2009. Mm. Um, along with a TV show called the Mighty Boosh Live Future Sailors Tour. Um, then the next year he did a TV series called Come Fly With Me, um, did one called Little Crackers, and then did Paddington and Paddington 2. And then he um, did two episodes of Space Force, the Netflix series, which those weren't good. but no. I <laughs> but I'm cautiously optimistic after watching him handle the Paddington. I'm like, I can very much see kind of a Wonka. I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what his take's going to be on that. That's one I'll check out for sure. Whereas before, I don't know if I would have. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest, like for these to be kind of his two big breakout movies, mm-hmm. like he did a pretty good job. I mean, there are directors that have done far worse with their first few films. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That he has. Oh, so, absolutely! Yeah, so, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. And uh, it's fun too. I like the fact that he had breakouts doing family films. Yes. Because oftentimes the family film is kind of where careers go to die. It's like just throw something together, make some fart jokes, get some marketing behind it, and we'll make what we make. You know that type of thing. Yeah. But this is really smart and and really well thought out, really well crafted. I I agree. Um, and, and the the second one I think is better than the first one, which is weird Mm -hmm. because a lot of the the times, like I said, you take a lot of those same elements and you feel like you're just getting the same thing, just kind of regurgitated a little bit. And and you don't feel like that with this, even though those elements are there. I mean, you still have the over the top comedy stuff like Paddington in the barbershop where like just impossibly tangled up in the cord and impossibly, you know, and, and shaves the guy's head and tries to glue it back on with marmalade. But but that even has a great payoff because at first it's just this random thing that happens. But then when he gets in and he's like, well, hopefully we'll have a fair judge. And he looks up and it's the guy whose hair he cut. And I'm like, oh, dude, he is sunk. And he knows it. Again, it's that delayed payoff, which is great. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I think that scene worked really well because the, the actor who plays Paddington doesn't overdo it. That's the nice thing. Like let Nicole Kidman, let Hugh Grant, let Peter Capaldi chew up the scenery. Right. But Paddington is a very mellow, very even killed. Even when he's being flung around with a barber cord stuck in a ceiling fan, he's like, Oh, Oh my, Oh, you know, he's not like, he's kind of freaking out. And so yeah. that adds to the humor for me. Just this bear is like, Oh dear. Yeah. Well, he even like answers the phone at one point while he's got the, the shaver on and right. Right. I mean, it's just great. And he doesn't like the whole thing is just ridiculous. Cause the guy comes in and says, I want a haircut and whatever. And he said, Oh, I, I just clean up around here. Yes. That's what I want. My hair cleaned up. And he's like, uh, he's cleaned up around the edges and, <laughs> well, if you insist, me up, me out of here. <laughs> but you know, I didn't know that I needed a talking bear in pink prison outfits until I saw this movie. And I'm like, you know what? My life was missing this. This is something I needed. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved that because the, the pink needed to happen and all of them uh-huh. staring at him in their pink uniforms 
And he's like, well, you know, place needed a little splash of color or whatever he says. Well, he puts all the laundry. He has to do all the laundry for all the prisoners. And he puts them in all the laundry machines. And then this one random red sock somehow gets in there. And we've all done that. We've all yes. had the wash experience. You're like, oh, man, you know, and uh, but but the fact that it's these hardened prisoners. Yes. Is just... <laughs> and, and I can even like it just worked so well that and I love the visual of it and it was just fun and they gave a reason for mm-hmm. it. But at the same time it doesn't really work because he only put the red sock in one machine and he had like 10 machines full of their uniforms. So, but I didn't care. Like it didn't matter. I didn't, I thought that for a second. I was like, yeah, it doesn't matter. (laughs) I don't care. Well, and I love they kept the pink uniforms when Hugh Grant gets sentenced to jail. Yes. They're still using them, which I thought was great. Well, and I love that all of them had pink uniforms except for knuckles who yes. became one of my favorite characters in the movie. I love Knuckles. <laughs> With a capital N tattooed on my hand. Yes. <laughs> Knuckles is the guy you don't mess with in jail. This no. is He's the enforcer. You don't look at him wrong. You don't talk back to him. You, you just stay out of his way. Yeah. And then the other, the other prisoners are upset about the quality of Knuckles' cooking. And Paddington doesn't really like it either. And so then Paddington is very charming and polite. And the other prisoners are like, you should go do it. You, you should go talk to him. <laughs> he's going to beat you I up. Don't do it. Yeah, T-Bone, do it. T-Bone sends him to go talk to him because T-Bone doesn't like Paddington. T-Bone's <laughs> that guy that you have in every one of these kind of shows where he's like the last one to come around to the new guy, right? Like the new guy comes into the group and you've always got that one outlier who's like, I don't trust him. I don't like him. Something off about him. Because they're basically insecure about where they fit in in the group. And if somebody new comes in, then there's not room for them. Uh-huh. And that's T-Bone. And he's like, mm-hmm. I, I don't like Paddington. Uh, but like <laughs> when he goes up and he's like, oh, yes, I love it when people complain about my cooking. Oh, well, in that case, and then he just goes off about everything that's wrong with it. <laughs> like, like somebody needed to teach Paddington about sarcasm. And, I, you know, <laughs> Mr. Brown really should have helped him out with that because he needed that in prison. But, but it worked out because they made marmalade and. Yeah, and it turned out that that Knuckles. I love the fact that he because he always keeps a, a marmalade sandwich under his hat. His uncle taught, taught him that because right. in case of an emergency, you've got a marmalade sandwich. And I love the fact that he takes off his little prison hat, and somehow he's got a marmalade sandwich in jail under his prison hat. Well, I I love it too because when he says that in the first one that his uncle always kept a marmalade sandwich in under his hat in an emergency. Like you're thinking your first thought is it's an emergency where you're hungry and you need something to eat. And so you've got a sandwich for when, you you know, you get you get that afternoon snacky feeling. You got to eat something. But no, every time that he's used it in an emergency, it's been a literal emergency. It has nothing to do with him eating it. It's either throwing it at the the lady at the museum. So the pigeons attack her or. Sticking it in Knuckles' mouth, and then that turns the whole thing around. And Knuckles is like, he's under my protection now. You guys have to leave him alone. <laughs> and T-Bone's like, shoot. That didn't work. <laughs> yes. And in this prison, it probably was shoot, because they were all very they were all very friendly prisoners, well, honestly. British prison. What's so the... they're very polite. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Although I've seen enough British TV now to know that they also swear quite a bit. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. So, but 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 the stereotypical polite English gentleman. Yes, even in jail. Yes, yes, and, and I loved the relationship that forms between Knuckles <laughs> and Paddington, and they just and the, and he turns the whole kitchen around, and that's the thing. And again, mm-hmm. this is where Paddington is so great. He, he turns, it, 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 they turn it into a tea room. Yes, basically in the prison, and uh, instead of this gray drab, now they have flowers. And he's he's they they not only um, are doing uh, marmalade sandwiches, they're breaking out into all sorts of different desserts and yes, <laughs> it becomes a super fancy place, right? And I, and I love and and he gets the whole prison involved because then Knuckles says, "Well, who else has recipes that 
they want us to try. And like his confidence is there because he's worried that people aren't going to like his cooking. So he sticks to the same thing every time. But then they eat the marmalade sandwiches and he comes out and they start applauding for him, which, you know, happens in a very fancy restaurant when the chef comes out. You know, but (laughs) yeah, exactly. But but here it's happening in prison and they all cheer for him and and he realizes he can cook. And so then it's like, well, let's cook other stuff then. And and it Mm -hmm. turns out being great. And I, I love that because, again, Paddington gets put into this bad situation and he gets through it by just being himself and being the best, yeah. kindest version of himself that he can be. And mm-hmm. even though that gets him into a mess every now and then, it it gets him out and everybody gets better. I mean, you see it when he's mm-hmm. in prison and you see it on the street that he lives on. You know, you've got the opening sequence, which is great to set up, again, the, the late payoff that we get. Because you get the opening sequence where he's jumping on the bike with the Mademoiselle, Mademoiselle lady and they're driving, riding around and he's saying hi to everybody. He's got the lady at the newsstand who's throwing him the paper and she's having a hard time dating people. And the guy who forgets his keys every time, he's like, oh, hopefully you didn't forget your keys. He's like, oh, and goes Whoa. back in. <laughs> and, and then he gets on the garbage truck and he's helping the guy study for his, I'm guessing his cabbie exam. I'm not sure. I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is because, like, legitimately uh-huh. in London, if you want to be a cabbie, you have to pass a test to yeah. know the quickest route from A to B and, like, no landmarks and things like that. It's, like, no joke. And so I that's, think that's, that's what he's actually st- studying for. That was my guess. I might be wrong, mm-hmm. but. I, I'm going with it. But And then you see the street later when he's in prison yeah. and everybody is just depressed and. Mm-hmm. You know, things just aren't going as smoothly and it's not as happy. And it just goes to show that, like, Paddington doesn't wake up in the morning and think, I'm going to change the world for better. I'm He just wakes up and he says, I'm going to go out and have a great day and, mm-hmm. and has a huge positive impact on everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love, too, that scene. It's like the way they light it. It's, it's a much darker tone. Yes. It's, everybody's in colors that are very subdued, whereas in the beginning it's very bright and pops of color and yes. there's – energy to it and this film or this scene feels very lethargic and yes. it just adds to that feeling for you and they, they, that you feel yeah yeah and i love that in the prison he turns it around and they've got like you said the little tea and and you know desserts and everything's just awesome i love it when mm-hmm. the family comes to visit him and then like knuckles comes in and it's like, oh, well, this is Knuckles, and this, and like, they're all just like gathered around, and he's got like this whole group of the prison is they're all his friends, and and the family's just like, yep, no, that checks out. This is what Paddington yep. does. Yep, big friends. That's great. Good job. <laughs> I will say that when they do the prison escape scene, mm-hmm. Ben had a really hard time with that. My son, as he was watching, he said, "Well, wait a second, are they escaping from prison?" I said, "Yeah, they're escaping from prison." So does that mean that the other ones are innocent too? I said, no, I think they were guilty of their crimes. He's like, well, because Paddington was in prison for something he didn't do. So he needs to get out. But the rest of them weren't. I'm like, well. Dude, my my love for Ben just went up another notch. That is so great. Oh, my gosh. What a wonderful kid. So he, he struggled with that. Like, well, yeah, guilty prisoners shouldn't be allowed to escape. Well, technically no prisoners are actually allowed to escape, but. That's anyway, but, but Paddington, man, he should be able to get out, but everybody else should just, just stay there. And... <laughs> well, they're guilty. Well done, Ben. Well, well done. But um, the other thing, it's not late in the credits. Like if you, if you turn off the movie, as soon as it ends, you're going to miss one of the best scenes. Um, there is a credit sequence, but you don't have to watch a lot of the credits mm-hmm. to get to that scene. And it's Hugh Grant has been convicted. Yes. He's been sent to jail. And he creates a theater theatrical experience for all of the prisoners to take place in. And it's like, it's like Paddington turning the, the break room into this cafe. Yeah. He's turned this into a Broadway musical. <laughs> and, and I love, and he's got such a great line at the end of that scene. He says, turns out I don't mind working with other people. I just needed a captive audience. <laughs> and then he's like, ah, <laughs> I was like, that joke is so bad, but it works so well at in this scene at this moment. I love it. Uh, yeah, this movie really it 
it was really great. And I loved the end scene where, you know, they rescue Paddington, they get the book, all of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he wakes up and he's like, you know, how long was I out? Three days. Oh no, it's too late. I can't, I can't get the present to, yeah, it's, Mm -hmm. I'm, we missed it. And, and he kind of makes a comment about how, you know, she wouldn't really be proud of anything because he hadn't really accomplished anything. And everybody kind of points out, what are yeah. you talking about? Like, one guy's like, I'd be permanently locked out of my house if not for you. And then the couple is like, yeah, we would have never met because it was while he was cleaning the windows that she looked across from her newsstand and he looked out his window and they fell in love. And it was great. Like, he, right. they find out and they point out all of these great things that he's done. And... Like I'll I'll be honest, I was getting emotionalized. I was oh, invested yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when he brings up, Oh yeah, you know, we can't get the present to Aunt Lucy in time and well, maybe we can do better. And the doorbell rings and I turned to my wife and I said, If that is anyone but Lucy, like I'm gonna be really, really disappointed. I don't I mean it you is riot. <laughs> we are gonna riot. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna burn this movie to the ground. And of course it was, because that would, I mean, who else was it going to be, but... Nicole Kidman's character, all back <laughs> she, from the first one. <laughs> she's back from the petting zoo. She, this this is going to get dark. She stuffed Aunt Lucy. Oh my gosh, Tracy! <laughs> no, that would have been awful. That would have been horrible. <laughs> Sorry. Apologies. Yeah. Oh, your Aunt Lucy did get to see hey. London. She's right here. <laughs> but, and she can stay with you forever yeah, um. <laughs> but i thought i thought that was a great way to end it um mm-hmm. and and just by and large this really is both of these movies you can sit down watch them they're just gonna make you feel good and mm-hmm. honestly sometimes that's just fine absolutely this is one where after i rented it i thought man i might i maybe should have bought that because the first one was like nine ninety nine, the second was fourteen ninety nine. But yeah, that's that's not bad, especially for that kind of quality movie. Yeah, so and, we, and this is coming from a guy with no kids. I'm forty six, and I was like, I'm with you. I was like getting all emotional at the end when they're talking about all the good things Paddington had done, and it's like you always have that that theory about what are people going to say at your funeral. You know, you almost right. wish that you could hear what people are going to say, and and when you're they're telling him all the great things and how he's impacted their lives for the better i was like oh oh yeah (laughs) well i I, i'll make a confession i rented the first one and then Mm -hmm. it was good enough and i had heard that the second one was even better i'm i just bought the second one i was like i I don't think i'm gonna mind owning that one i i i I wish i had now i have like buyer's remorse that i didn't do that yeah (laughs) So but, I'm like, you know what? I'll, I'll still support him. I'll go back and buy it. It'll be fine. Yeah. That's one I would add to my library. Yeah, absolutely. If there's a, a mood where I just want something fun, that's not going to take a whole lot of time. And that's the great thing too. So many of these kids movies are like two hours and 20 minutes. And it's like the kids just, yeah, you can't, it's hard to hold them. that. It's hard to hold an adult's attention that long, let alone a kid. And so these are a minute 30 and a minute or an hour 30 and an hour 40. And yeah. They just breeze along. There's no filler in them. No. And anytime that it starts getting slow, then they've got something where it's, you know, Paddington shaving the guy's head or something like that, that just kind of gets it back on pace. And it just, it works really, really well. Um, What, what would you grade these movies? I don't know if you want to do them together or separately. I think separately. I think we, I think we can pull them. Okay. Um, I'm with you. I think, I think Paddington two is a little bit better. Um, but that's not to take anything away from Paddington one. Um, I'm going to kind of maybe be surprised by this, but I'm going to go an a for the two of them. Yeah. I, I, I just felt like it was so thoughtful and so well done and so charming and, and delightful. And I'm just, I'm just, it made me happy. And I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It surprised me. I thought I was probably going to be like in the B range, mm-hmm. maybe C range type of thing. And now I, I, between the two, I'd give them an A. Yeah. I, as we sat down to watch them, my wife was like, so are these movies actually really good or is it just, right. and I said, I, I think they're supposed to like be pretty good. And I'm, I'm with you. I thought I would think they were good for a kid's movie. 
Right. Mm-hmm. But I just think they're good movies. So I'm I'm giving them both an A as well. I do think that Paddington 2 right. is better. Um, and I, there's just something about it really is from start to finish a really good movie. And it's hard to pick anything out that you would say, I, I would cut this or I wouldn't have mm-hmm. this in there. Um, right. And so for me, an A for both of them. Absolutely. I will say as I was watching it, I thought, you know, I'm pretty sure that Tracy is just a human version of Paddington bear. Just going around being kind to everybody all the time. And just like, Oh, if I'm kind to everybody then it'll just turn out fine. I was like, that's Tracy. That's my co-host Tracy. You are so sweet. I was thinking the same about you, my friend. Whatever. I'm like, okay, this is like Jake. He's just a good solid dude. Just trying to make things right for, you know, just living his life. He's just (laughs) being his best self. So little mutual love respect there, there go. going back and forth. So there you go. I love it. <laughs> but, but dude, I am st- that I'm still floored by that comment from Ben. What an astute, yeah. thoughtful comment. That's they shouldn't great. be allowed to escape. They they're okay. Well, sometimes bad I, guys I, don't I, always I, get everything that they deserve. So <laughs> it's a harsh, harsh lesson in reality, unfortunately, Ben, but get used to it. You'll work with some bad guys and they will get promoted over you and you'll realize that sucks. Anyway, that's not right. Why did that happen? We've, we've but raised. It, it, I, I I think that we can both safely assume that you know what it works out in the end. Yes, it may not be right at that moment, but in the end, things will work out okay. Yeah, and that's the way I think both of us view life. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So. Next next week we should have Val back. We should be the three of us together. Um, we in the may... same room. Yes, we're going to be recording together. It will be awesome. Um, and I don't know if we'll do staff picks at that point, or if we'll do Citizen Kane, but it's going to be great. Just tune it's in. so great. You got to subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel to see the videos, so make sure you do that. You don't have to subscribe to see them, but we really appreciate if you subscribe. <laughs> even if you just listen to us, but you subscribe, it helps us out with the with the naming rights of yes. the show for YouTube and everything like that. Yeah. If we can get up to a hundred subscribers then we can change our YouTube channel to youtube.com slash movies that make us instead of youtube.com slash this. Doesn't spell anything. Um, right. Make sure you follow us on social media as well. So, you know, when new episodes come out, we always appreciate that. And if you have suggestions for a show, we'd love to hear about it. You can either drop mm-hmm. us a line on, on social media, either a direct message uh, through Instagram or Facebook uh, or tweet at us on Twitter, however you want to reach us, or you can email us at podcast at movies that make uh, And we would love to hear your episode ideas um, because we want to talk about the movies that you guys want to talk about too. So, right. Absolutely. And, and just like Paddington and Paddington too, we're up for watching movies we've never seen before. Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah. I mean, you know, just make them good ones. Don't pick weird Rubber. ones just to make us watch weird ones. <laughs> Rubber. Yeah. Clifford. Yeah. <laughs> Clifford was fine. Like there was at least some, like I, there was a nostalgia piece to it, but anyway, <laughs> But it's 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 great that we're finally getting movies in the theaters. You just saw in the Heights. Yes, um, Black Widow's coming out. We've got Spider Man later this year. Um, yep. Top Gun Two is coming out. There's just it's a good. We had a very dry spell, and yes. it was important that we did. It was important that we didn't release movies and we didn't go to the theaters. Hundred percent. Now that the vaccinations are right, you know, rising. Get your shot. Get out. Enjoy the movies. Enjoy each other's company. I can't wait to broadcast again live with you. It's going to be just a blast. It'll be awesome. It'll be awesome. I can't wait to get a Tracy hug. That's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> it's going to be you awesome. Know it's coming. You I know it's coming. I know it's 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 been a long time. It, you know, I'd be curious to go back and look at what the last movie we talked about in person was. I don't remember. Oh man, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to go look to the archive. It, it might it might have been Jojo Rabbit. It might have been. Because I think it was like right before I left I on my trip right. to Disneyland. Uh-huh. And then. Dude, uh, if it's Jojo Rabbit, you're getting a gold star. <laughs> I'll have to go and look. We'll have to look. Because then anyway. we, had, we had a little bit of a hiatus there because I couldn't figure out how to do this to do this sure. virtually and remotely. Um, and then, yeah, and then we got it going. And then I think, yeah, 
it was a combination of not knowing how to do this remotely and also dealing with it was hard. The beginning it, of the pandemic was, was really, hard really time. hard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yep, for sure. So but, it didn't feel right talking about movies when people are dying from this contagious disease. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I, but we're excited to get back together. Mm-hmm. Um, we're excited to get Val back on the show. Uh, it'll be, it'll be like gold times next week. It'll be awesome. It's going to be, be awesome. like a big family reunion. Except better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One you actually look forward to attending. That's exactly right. Yeah, because most of them you don't. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, thank you so much for watching, listening, whatever, however you consume us, uh, our show at least. Don't consume us. That's called cannibalism and is, in fact, frowned upon in most cultures. So, um, but, uh, yeah. And until next time, we won't see you at the movies. I. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.